Hi, this is Megan McHugh, and this is the podcast of Triple R Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website. G'day, welcome aboard the Starship Zero G Science Fiction, Fantasy and Historical Radio for episode number 1432. I am Rob Jan and what you just listened to there was the actually quite spacey theme for the mystery movie of the week. Also, at least in the era when that was running, the Columbo theme and there's a reason why I played that. Henry... Mancini there at the compositional helm. Zero G here, science fiction, fantasy and historical radio. Megan McHugh is off having a well-deserved break today. And I am Jan Solo. I am the Jandalorian today. Our title is E-E-A-A-O. I'll tell you why in a moment. Our podcast title is Just Pod More Thing. You've got to imagine Columbo saying that. You know, just one pod more thing. E-E-A-A-O, everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> now, I'm not much into competitive sports, and, well, you know me, and, well, this is perhaps only for me as an example, the Tour de France is a good bike ride rather spoiled by racing. So, listen, applauding a great film being recognised with awards is probably as close as I come to barracking for anything. So, that's the film. That's being talked about at this very moment as the Oscars go to air the ceremony. That is about 11 or so nominations at the 95th Academy Awards for everything. And that's a huge sort of thing for a... Well, we'll go with science fiction film, basically, because it's a multiverse film. Uh, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once was a hot dog, fingers, living rock rolling romp equal to the Marvel Cinematic Universe's entries into that complex pan-dimensional genre. It was some Loki-level tricksterism, and we loved it on Zero G, and it has now been nommed for more awards than there are multiverses, and won more than a few across the general field. BAFTAs, uh, uh, was uh, given an outstanding directing feature Directed for a feature film from the American Directors Guild. Too many direct, much direction in that. A couple of Golden Globe Awards for Michelle Yeoh and Kihuai Kwan. Um, Best Picture for the Hollywood Critics Association Awards. A couple of Saturn Awards, I think. Best Fantasy Film. Um, SAG Screen Actors Guild Awards. Uh, Best Original Screenplay by the Writers Guild of America. He's got a lot of gongs and been waved about in the precinct of being nominated for them too. And this in the Academy Awards is like Best Picture, Best Director, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actor, Actress, Original Screenplay, Original Score, Song, Costume Design, Film Editing, all manner of potpourri. 
in there. A great tour de force for its creators, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schneinert. The Daniels, as well, of course, actors Michelle Yeoh and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue and oh, so many people involved in this one all up for awards this year. I'm not going to spoil it because I know it's running now and, you know, you might be working today, even though it's a public holiday, it might be somewhere else where it isn't a holiday. And, you know, you might have put this all onto your uh, your uh, DV recorder or some other arcane preservation or recording medium. You might just going to be streaming it tonight or watching it live or something like that. Uh, who knows? I don't want to spoil it for you. So let leave that to uh, next week's Zero G so we can have a little bit of a, a wade through more gold for everything, everywhere, all at once. It's great to see genre films doing so well. And I know, you know, it's like if you go through like the top box office list of films, box office performance for the past 10 years, you know, half of them are like Marvel films and and, uh, other science fiction ventures or fantasy. And, you know, it's just sort of become to dominate the whole sort of financial aspect. But it's kind of nice to get some critical awards and, you know, Okay, if you talk about best, it's usually just a bunch of people in whatever field voting. But you know, you know, let's just not analyse it to death. Okay. Uh, well, um, I think we'll play a track at the moment, and that would be uh, "This Is a Life" or "This Is a Life." <laughs> it's by Son Lux, and it's um, featuring Mitski and David Byrne, and it's from the soundtrack of everything. Everywhere, all at once, and I believe that the actress who plays Jobu is substituting in for Mitski in the Academy Award performance of that particular song. It's a very strange film, and that's great because that's exactly where Zero G comes from. This is a life. Actually, it's just written down as This is a life. This is Annie Lee, and I'm Morn Kransky of the Kransky Sisters, and you're listening to Zero G on 3 FM. Lock up your meat safe and beware of the machine with the claw. <laughs> yes, this is a life, and what a great life was depicted in everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, we're not going to spoil the Oscars for you today as they're running concurrently with Zero G. And you might not even be watching the Oscars or anything at the moment or seeing a stream or something like that. You might be catching up with the hot, hot download of the latest zombie mushroom monster series, (laughs) The the Last of Us, because that drops at 1pm as well. So, so many things that you could be doing other than listening to Zero G. Or you could be doing both, you know, like stereo headphones. You could have me in one ear and the hot dog fingers from the Oscars in the other. Who knows? And perhaps even the doctor doesn't. All right, so we are just going to not spoil the massive slate of Oscar nominations for everything, everywhere, all at once, at least in terms of the winners. Look, I can tell you that with that many nominations across the field that they already have won a couple, all right? Leave it at that. (laughs) So not really much of a spoiler. I wanted to play another track here because we reviewed a streaming series called The Witcher Blood Origin, which is a prequel to the fairly 
popular television show based upon a game which was based upon books, a fantasy series with uh, Henry Cavill being the title character, but the Blood Origin series was a sort of spin-off prequel to it set thousand years before those times, and amongst others in it, it had the star of everything, everywhere, all at once, Michelle Yeoh in it, playing a, uh, a swordswoman of great repute. No particular surprise there. And there is a song from uh, that movie, well, kind of related to it, it's... Um, it is from the Netflix series soundtrack. It's by Joey uh, Beatty, Joey Beatty, and Joseph Trapanese, and it's "Song of the Seven. Now, it does contain some naughty words in it, so just letting you know in advance. But it's actually a nice little ballad, and that's kind of critical to The Witcher Blood Origin because it's kind of bookended by the search for a ballad about the Seven. The Seven being a group of adventurers not dissimilar to a dungeon and dragon crew who encompass the origin of the very first witcher in that particular fantasy universe uh, and also have an adventure where they have to take down an evil empress in the course of the series and that's available on netflix we sort of thought well you know it had a lot of potential didn't quite land the way it should have had a few problems well you can go back and listen to the zero g episode if you want to find out more about that Let's have the song of the seven from the Netflix series, The Witcher Blood Origin, just to keep you entertained for a little bit more on Zero G today on Labor Day. Hi there, I'm Jen Saska. And I'm Sylvia Saska. And, and we're the Twisted Twins, and you're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple RFM. Did you love it? This is good for you too. Heck yeah. Ah, Joey Beatty and Joseph Trapanese there. Song of the Seven from the Netflix series The Witcher Blood Origin. We played that in tribute to Michelle Yeoh, who is one of the seven in the title of that song, Wielding a Sword. Not surprisingly, once again. <laughs> all right, so moving on from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Looking at oh, sorted things here today on Zero G with Rob Jan. Uh, something I noticed that at the time, but I didn't really say anything when we were talking about um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania last week, the new Marvel film. One of the people who was in it, I kind of, sort of, half recognised and made a mental note to go back and check, but I didn't actually do that when we were doing our review. William Jackson Harper plays one of the quantum realm dwellers in that guy who's got a, a sort of a, um, a telepathic power, little thing that lights up on his forehead in it. Uh, what's the name of the character? Quacks, I think. Something like that. Not Howard the Duck, just some weird character who just pops up there. Didn't quite recognise him at the time. Sort of oh, vaguely familiar. But William Jackson Harper, of course, played Cheedy in the great series, The Good Place, Eleanor's soulmate, part of that show at least. I thought, ah, oh, yes, it's Chidi there, of course. All right, just going past there um, to a, another streaming show, uh, Poker Face. 
Now, we have talked about on this on Zero G, Megan and I both raved over the episodes that we'd seen at the time. I have now finished watching all of the show. Uh, Retro Private Eye Detective with a Gimmick Show. Um, We recently encountered it on streaming on Stan, I think. It's um, showrunner Ryan Johnson's baby, whose science fiction genre work we are well familiar with from movies like 2017's Star Wars The Last Jedi and the stylishly tricksy Looper. Do you remember that one? Uh, Perhaps more targeted in this context are the crime procedural satire detective movies Knives Out and its um, sequel Glass Onion, which starred a dazzling ensemble cast linked together by Daniel Craig's marvellous consulting detective Benoit Blanc. Now, Johnson's also well known for directing some standout Breaking Bad episodes, which is a very high bar indeed when you think about it. So it's no real surprise to see him dealing with creative cards for Poker Face, which is now streaming 10 episodes here in Oz on Stan, which is the the whole first 10 episodes of the first season. Uh, Nora Zuckerman and uh, Lila Zuckerman sisters were named as co-showrunners for that as well. Uh, Nora being a US American television screenwriter. She's worked on lots of different things like Fringe and Haven and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And her sister uh, Lila also same sort of deal, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fringe and Haven as well. So, you know, they, they have a good idea of how to put together a, a television show between them all. And this one stars Natasha Leon as Charlie Kale. And she was a, a waitress in a casino and she had to go on the run. And, uh, you know, this is very, very similar to so many other shows through the ages. We did discuss this on Zero G a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the, the formula that they're presenting. Basically, it's a retro show, 70s, a little bit 80s as well, but mostly sort of 70s. So, you know, if you were around in those days or even have watched these on shows on repeats, think Columbo, think The Fugitive. Okay, that's a bit earlier, but, uh, you know, think um, uh, The Rockford Files, uh, The Mystery of the Week, or even The Incredible Hulk, because Charlie has a power. Uh, much more than just a, a kind of a knack. It is really more of a superpower, but they're not leaning into that particular aspect of it, not the uh, superpower procedural. And she can tell if a person is lying, not sometimes, but reliably, accurately, every single time. And this is the, the tale of her as she goes on a a sort of a road trip across the United States. She's on the run from some hoodlums, but she's also going to solve crimes each week in a different location. So, yeah, we've seen Natasha play a great character in the Russian Doll series, uh, which has got uh, two seasons out now. And, of course, she also popped up in uh, Glass Onion in a cameo appearance there. Um, She plays Charlie as a very accessible every person um, with an awkwardly supernatural type gift and it's an endearing performance but also if you happen to be one of the villains who she brings down in the course of the show extremely irritating so she's just as annoying as Columbo and in fact has some of his mannerisms as well as the the kind of gravel voice too. It's a great performance and really an enjoyable character to watch. In the regular cast, which is quite small because she's moving on each week, uh, not quite an anthology show because it is a pursuit show as well. We've got Benjamin Bratt 
playing the casino head of security whose job it now is to pursue Charlie. Um, he plays uh, Cliff Legrand. Um, and we've also got Ron Perlman, mostly acting via voice, but you will see him eventually. He's playing the casino owner, Sterling Frost Sr. Um, there are a couple of other regulars. Um, Simon Helberg, who was Howard Wolowitz in The Big Bang Theory, is an FBI special agent. And perhaps the, uh, the other star of the show is the 1969 Plymouth Bar- Barracuda, the car which Charlie schleps around in much as a star in the show as the Winchester's uh, Chevy Impala or Colombo's uh, Peugeot or the Scooby's anonymous and ambiguous van. So, you know, these formula tropes are played extremely well in this show, right down to the the orange blocky titles over each episode. Um, Now, Ryan Johnson uh, is also a folk singer and banjo player, Um, his uh, brother's a music producer, and his cousin Nathan Johnson did the scores for uh, Brick, The Brothers Bloom, Looper, Knives Out, and Glass Onion. And Ryan and Nathan have their own little folk duo called The Preserve. So they're a bit inflected and uh, a little bit strange, and that's good because it's like very meta for them to be doing this. So, yeah, okay, occasionally we get a celebrity track, not too often from directors of films, but here we go with How Excellent and Civilised Are We? And it's a title track from an album and it's the preserves the group which is composed of ryan johnson and nathan johnson here on zero g today uh hi this is jim beaver i play bobby singer on the tv series supernatural and you're listening to three triple r fm zero g idiots and here I am, Idiot in Chief, Rob Jan, and that was How Excellent and Civilised Are We? A bit of a satirical folk song there, riffed off by The Preserves, who, of course, are Ryan Johnson, director of Poker Face, the series, and the Knives Out movies, and Looper, and all sorts of other things. And his brother, uh, sorry, cousin Nathan Johnson, is um, also in the mix there. So together they make up a... Ryan and Nathan um, make up a folk duo called The Preserves. And that was on the track there. Celebrity music here on Zero G for today. Not unusual there. Now, we're talking about the Poker Face uh, Stan television series. Uh, Megan and I co-host both raved about this show when we started watching it. And I've finished watching all the episodes now. I think Megan has too. And look, we're just chuffed that it's out there so many good aspects to it um, brilliant landing for its first season you know sometimes we'll review a show at the start of its run and then pick it up at the end of its first season and it's a totally good arc satisfying closure after the build-up of the season-long year-long in notional time the chase of charlie across the american countryside especially appreciated the montage of clifton's frustrating pursuit across the US, um, all the scruffy hotels and even worse meals that he had to endure, <laughs> even though he is a rat fink. Uh, it's a clever, clever series. The detective procedural is first rate and twisty turny. Um, the nostalgia formula factor works well. Look, I, I'm not wedded to uh, having to have a nostalgia uh, factor involved in shows. <coughs> Picard, 
um, <clears throat> strange new worlds, all those sorts of things. Uh, I appreciate it when they do it and they, if they do it well, but I don't have to have it. I'm not one of these stick-in-the-muds who just say, well, oh, I, I good shows in the old days, I don't do it as well. In a lot of cases, they do shows even better. But that is not the point here. You will enjoy it if you liked uh, Columbo, The Incredible Hulk, all that kind of thing. Um, the lead actress is very down-to-earth. She's irritating and quick with a quip with a pash for justice that's inconvenient for her as well as for the perps. That's all good. Uh, the mandatory excellent needle drops of selected tracks are well integrated into the storyline itself. And you know that track I just played by The Preserves, that could actually be a needle drop for this show quite easily because they're being a bit satirical about the United States of America and this is a road trip across the countryside. Uh, it's got some great guest stars and more of which in a moment. Um, and also guest starring each week is kind of the genre of the week. Um, for example, there's a stock car race episode, very big back in the 70s and 80s sort of television shows and movies, um, murder theatre. So it's almost, in one episode, it's almost like uh, Ryan Johnson that says, what's a genre I'd really like to explore? Let's use our, our uh, pl- pl- detective story with a gimmick formula to incorporate those particular genres. And that is in part a trope that's run across all of crime fiction, really, and detective shows, police shows too, for that matter. For example, like, um, I'm just thinking uh, Castle or Bones. They've got a lot of that sort of genre of the week thing going as well, too. Um, So, yeah, uh, lots of great stuff within this show, Poker Face. So one of the finds of the year, I think, for us. Now, I also like to point out some of the guest stars in this show. We looked at the regulars earlier on. Um, Adrian Brody plays the casino boss's son, uh, Noah Sagan. Now, he is somebody who's appeared in a lot of um, Ryan Johnson movies before, so he's got this, like, you know, ensemble cast who he floats through these shows, either dropping them in in voice roles or in weird cameos or, you know, more substantial roles in some case, and you will not be surprised to see... Joseph Gordon-Levitt pop up in one of the episodes. We've also got uh, Hong Chow, um, John Ratzenberger uh, from Cheers. Remember Cliffy Claiborne, the the postman who knew it all. Um, Some veteran and vintage actors and actresses who were staples in the 70s and 80s and so on in uh, television. Uh, Ellen Barkin plays this absolutely magnificent actress. Oh, and more uh, contemporary stars, shall we say, uh, Jamila Jamil from The Good Place and um, the um, the uh, She-Hulk television show uh, appears. Literally, he's um, <laughs> dropped into the plot at one stage. Nick Nolte plays, a, if, I, if memory serves me, a special effects technician who does stop animation. Uh, Louise Guzman, uh, uh, Gomez Adams is um, a uh, a film studio archivist. Tim Russ from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, who played Tuvok the Vulcan in that, appears in the show. Uh, Stephanie Sue plays um, a character called Mortimer in this show, you know, fresh from uh, um, everything, everywhere, all at once. And Claire Duval there... uh, who we know from um, Zodiac in 2007 and Sophie in Carnivale. Remember that show? 
tragically cut short that show before it could uh, go on any further. But it was a, an awesome little strange thing about a, an arcane carnival in the Depression-era United States. Uh, she also appeared in Better Call Saul as well, I think, from memory uh, when she was there. And so far only voice acting in this, and no relation to Ron Perlman, but Rhea Perlman, who was uh, the abrasive head waitress Carla Tortelli in uh, the Cheers sitcom. Um, so I'm looking forward to her getting an appearance somewhere along the line, but she's sort of setting up for uh, season two in this show, Poker Face. An excellent series, um, Catch It All Now on Stan, and I just loved it to pieces. It was one of those shows that's going to sit in my memory bank. And it would probably stand quite well as a uh, can watch an episode. If you miss one of them, well, you know, you can. Uh, it doesn't matter if you can go back and watch it afterwards. The, the exact running order, apart from the, the first episode and the final episode, doesn't really matter all that much. And speaking of running order, when they were filming it, they actually filmed the penultimate episode first. Uh, it's a, a story set in a, a wintry area in the US and they needed to do it, you know, because of the seasonal aspect that they needed to pop on. And then they said, well, you know what, this will actually make a, a much better uh, penultimate episode to the series and as a, uh, you know, as one that uh, pops up along the way earlier on. So they actually shot that before the pilot. So you wouldn't know it from watching it. At least I couldn't. All right, so let's have another track, one of the excellent needle drops from it. And if you've seen the series, you know. If you don't, you don't know. And it doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a good track here by the Blues Traveller, and that's uh, an American rock band that was uh, out in New Jersey in 1987, so kind of like in uh, Kamala Khan's territory. And they have a very um, improv sort of feel to them and a... Uh, and a kind of a meta vibe, a little bit satirical in all sorts of ways. And this song itself is, is kind of satirical, sending up a bit um, the, the trope of music having to be relevant and, um, and spot on, which is kind of funny because it's the needle drop in the Poker Face show. Uh, this is from their album Four, and it's called Hook. And so the, the lyrics are actually pretty key to the actual story, which won't mean anything to you if you haven't already seen it and so it kind of functions as a musical spoiler and kind of not at the same time hi this is cory mcabee from stingray sam and the american astronaut and you're listening to zero g on three triple r fm he does the things that folks don't do that need to be done done deal there with hook it's a track, Blues Traveller is the Artistes and their album Four, and that was a needle drop from the Stan streaming series Poker Face, Ryan Johnson's baby. An uh, excellent show, and we'll move on from that now on Zero G today and look at, well, there's a whole bunch of things that I should let you know. I'm watching the... Um, the Oscars uh, stream come up of the, the winners and I'm chortling at some zero-G relevant stuff, but I won't spoil too much beyond that cryptic quote there at the moment. Now, there's so much on at the moment that it's not funny. Some of them are actually funny. We've got The Last of Us season finale is dropping in Oz as I speak on uh, Binge um, and... 
other services, I imagine, too. The last episode today of the eight-episode first season. It's a harrowing, intelligently crafted horror video game adaptation and expansion, and we've talked about it before on Zero G. Pedro Pascal is playing one of the main characters, Joel, Hard bitten, but not actually bitten by zombies. <laughs> a smuggler character who is trying to get Bella Ramsey, her character Ellie, across the country. She's a 14 year old girl who has been bitten by a cordyceps fungus infected zombie but is immune to the disease. So obviously lots of interest. Yes, before you can say Z Nation's prime directive, we're into that sort of road trip. And once again, Pedro Pascal moving a young person across galaxies in order to achieve an objective. So much for change from The Mandalorian. It's very faithful to the video game in places and actually... Uh, drills down into that resemblance quite effectively, more so than most adaptations that I've seen. Um, There's a scene where uh, uh, Joel is sniping some clickers in in uh, an open area while Ellie's trying to run through them. So he's like protecting her, providing overwatch for her. And that's very much a scene from the video game. Some heartbreaking storylines in this too as we explore why Ellie is such a hard case in this post-apocalyptic world. Well, that's a no-brainer really, at least if the zombies get to you. Although they've got no um, particular preference for brains apart from infecting them to be uh, taken over by the fungus. And Joel's protectiveness with his this person who's become his surrogate daughter in many ways. And it's a road show as they cross the country and some of the heartbreaking elements of an episode where a, a gay couple aged and died in their heavily fortified small town compound. Um, Ellie's best friend we saw uh, one last night of bonding. Great little storyline there. It's dropping weekly on binge, replicating the old episode of a week from free to air and and in fact it is actually the last episode dropping right now here in oz so check out the last of us really good show you know it's so hard to get something new out of the the zombie genre and this one actually is quite fresh Uh, speaking of something new something borrowed and something blue resident alien season two uh, with alan tudyk in the title role as the RA. Um, We really liked the first season of this strange kind of third rock from a sunnish comedy show um, with a a marooned alien called Harry. A lot of Harrys in marooned alien stories. Uh, This is on uh, Channel 9, free to air, and also Channel 9's streaming channel. There are 16 episodes split into two eight-part arcs, and it's been renewed for a third season. Um, Harry is uh, on Earth and uh, has taken over the character of a human doctor as a cover. Um, Linda Hamilton is a military type hunting him. Of course she is. And Nathan Fillion, his old shipmate from Firefly, is voicing an octopus that can communicate with him. Of course he is. Uh, A certain Star Trek actor will be voicing an alien in season two as well so season one is also on stan and there's at least 10 episodes of season two on nine now they're 
streaming platform free to air as well, I think, but I haven't tracked down exactly where it is in the, uh, the scheduling. Another show we had great interest, and I suppose it's all of the uh, sequel itis at the moment. Um, Schmicago. Now that's the second season of the musical comedy series Schmigadoon, which we loved so much at the time, and it will be appearing on uh, Apple Plus, uh, Apple TV Plus, and the second season comes out on uh, April fifth. And as you can gather from the title, well, Schmigadoon was basically a uh, an homage and a parody of um, musicals from the 1940s and 50s, and Schmigadoon is going to get more into the 1960s, 70s and 80s. Uh, many of the same actors are playing new roles in this series. Why would you change perfection? So... You know, you're going to once again thrill to Jane Krakowski, Martin Short, um, Titus Burgess and uh, Alan Cumming, amongst others. You know, so they're, they're also having uh, Keegan-Michael Kay and Cecily Strong reprising their sort of roles as the backpacking doctors from this one. Of course you get caught in the same situation once again. Uh, Love that one to pieces. Schmigadoon Season 2. Schmigago. <laughs> Another science fiction show that's now into its second season is Avenue 5, streaming on Binge, and that's the one where Hugh Laurie is the notional captain of an out-of-control cruise liner in deep space. Great fun in that one too. Surprising fun, actually. I thought that was going to be like a sort of a warmed-over Red Dwarf or maybe Hyperdrive or something like that, but it's got its own particular cutting edge revolving around the fact that the owner of the ship is on board and everyone's such shallow people and perfectly, mostly unfitted for survival in a runaway spaceship. Uh, speaking of spaceships and runaways, The Mandalorian. Season 3 on Disney+. Plus. Haven't we already seen Season 3 in the Book of Boba Fett? Well, not quite. The Mandalorian, who is no longer, uh, because he took his helmet off and was silly enough to admit it to other Mandalorians, and, you know, this is not the way if you take your helmet off in public, uh, he's trying to regain the way by bathing in sacred underground Beskar mine waters on the planet Mandalore whose surface was glassed by imperial fusion bombs, possibly whose components were... No, I was going to say that they were uh, <laughs> assembled in that factory in Andor, but we all know that that was more sort of Death Star-related now. Uh, he's still awkwardly wielding the dark saber and glomping around in his Beskar armour. It's Pedro Pascal again. He's now accompanied by a force-trained Grogu, the Wii, Yoda-like child who is contractually forbidden from appearing in the same dimension as baby Groot unless the universe implode into a cuteness singularity. Groot, uh, <laughs> Grogu is, I was going to say, Grogoot. I am Grogoot. Uh, Grogu is much more independent and control his own travel pod now in this season. So he's learned a thing or two from Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. Uh, episode 3, I think, drops on the 15th of March on Disney+. Plus. So you can see the other ones there. I am once again enjoying this series. Hey, you know, John Favreau created this and, you know, he's the Iron Man guy and uh, it's a bunch of guys who, and girls who are basically treating wearing the wearing of armour as a religion. 
nay, into cult level. Uh, why is Rob Jan not going to like this show? <laughs> oh, dear, yes. So let's have a track here from Schmigadoon. Well, shall we give you one from The Mandalorian? No, no, we'll give you uh, Tribulation from the cast of Schmigadoon and uh, Christine Shenoweth. And uh, she has a, a great singing voice as revealed in numerous musicals, but perhaps not in The West Wing, <laughs> which I remember seeing her first. Uh, this is so wicked. Tribulation. Ah, yes, Tribulation, uh, the cast of Schmigadoon and Christine Shenoweth. Uh, Schmicago is coming out in early April, the second season of that show. Streaming show, we've been talking about all sorts of things here today on Zero G. I'm Rob Jan, and that's about it for today. I'm going to riff off Poker Face and Charlie's ability to tell when people are telling lies in the outtrack today, and that will be telling lies, David Bowie from the Earthling album. Okay, thanks to our co-host, Megan McHugh, and to Ella Savage, our podcaster. G'day, this is Rob Jan. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website.